Well, we are continuing today this sermon series, Then Sings My Soul. And in this series, we are thinking about, we are remembering some of the most beloved hymns of the church. Singing is, is a holy thing. There's something that happens in our hearts and in our minds when we sing, something that happens in our bodies and our breath and our voices. We become aware of something so much bigger than ourselves when we praise the one who made us and who redeems us. And think about this, the church, the church is one of the last places in our culture where we gather together and we sing. And so today we, we celebrate that, and we celebrate something else too, to do that. We celebrate Christmas. We just heard that Christmas reading. We're having Christmas in July today for just a few moments, if you'll bear with me there. Because really the story of Christmas isn't just for one day of the year. That story, the story of a child born into a broken world, into a mess of sin and death, a story of God taking the mistakes and the hurts of the world and reshaping them into something holy and hope-filled. That's a story for every day. And so this morning, I say something that I don't say very often, maybe something I've never said before, happy summer and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, today we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word and for the promise you make in a child born in Bethlehem, a promise that you love this world so much that you sent a son. Help us to believe in him so that we might not perish, but live life eternal with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So it was in the early 1950s, there was a woman whose name was Patsy, and Patsy was a scientist, and she was trying to come up with a special kind of rubber that could withstand the harshness of being exposed to jet fuel over and over again and still be able to hold up. And she was working on that compound one day when she spilled a little bit of it on her shoe. And then she went back to work and, and she realized later that that spot where she had spilled on her shoe was clean, but the rest of her shoe was dirty. And so she went back and she retraced her steps and a new product was born, Scotchgard. In this world, even spills and mistakes can lead to something new. In the 1930s, there was a woman whose name was Ruth, and Ruth was making her famous chocolate cookies, but she ran out of the baker's chocolate that she normally used, and so she just chopped up some sweetened chocolate, and she dropped it in her batter, and she thought it would melt, and it would mix in, and you can imagine where this is going. It didn't do that. Those little bits stayed together. She invented chocolate chip cookies. In the 1980s, there was a man named Spencer, 
And Spencer was trying to create a strong glue, but he accidentally did the opposite. He made a very weak one, and, and it stuck to stuff, uh, but then you could just pull it off, and there was no residue or marks. And one of his colleagues, whose name was Art, liked it so much because he had been putting little pieces of paper in his hymnal at church, but when he would open it to the hymn, the, the paper would fall out. And so he used some of Spencer's glue to, to put on those pieces of paper, and, and he stuck them inside his hymnal, and you can guess what was invented from that failure. Post-it notes. It's strange, isn't it? How uh, sometimes life's important things or life's good things sprout out of failure, sprout out of mistakes and messes and scarcity and the good things uh, that we are trying so hard to make actually come out of the things that we are trying to avoid. Today's hymn, the one that we're focusing on, Silent Night, is a little bit like that. This beautiful, beloved hymn, it rose out of a little bit of a disaster. In 1818, a priest whose name was Joseph Moore, he walked three kilometers from a church uh, to a neighboring town to visit a man named Franz Gruber. Franz Gruber was a school teacher and an organist at Father Moore's church. And Father Moore brought with him something that he had written a few years ago, a poem. And he asked Mr. Gruber, could you write some music for the guitar to accompany that poem? The poem was called Stille Nacht, which in German means Silent Night. Now, uh, Father Moore didn't do this because he was hoping to have some fun that Christmas. He did it because it was the 24th of December. It was Christmas Eve. The organ in the church had just been damaged by flooding and it wasn't working and they needed a carol for that night's midnight mass. So he brought the poem over and gave it to Mr. Gruber. And Franz Gruber accepted the challenge. And he wrote that famous melody, Silent Night, in just a few short hours. And later that night at the midnight mass, Franz and Father Joseph, they they sang it together in front of the altar, accompanied by a guitar with a little choir behind them. Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright, round, yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. And now legend has it that once the organ was fixed, the organ builder stepped back and and asked Franz Gruber to test it. And when Franz Gruber sat down, and tested the organ, he played that melody, Silent Night. And the organ builder loved it. He loved it so much that he asked if he could have copies of the music, and and he took those copies home with him, and, and he gave them to some of the singers in his town, and they started to sing it, and eventually this hymn traveled all around Austria, and eventually it crossed the Atlantic to New York, the city, and in 1863 it was translated into English by an Episcopal priest whose name was John Freeman Young. And the rest, they say, is history. It's a beautiful hymn, and I don't know this for sure, but I think that why it has endured, why we sing it today, isn't just because of that beautiful 
melody or because how it sounds in that powerful four-part harmony. It's not just the amazing story behind that hymn, but instead I think it's endured because of the story that it tells, that in Jesus and in his birth there is peace and there is quiet and there is stillness in a world that is rarely peaceful or quiet or still, that in Jesus God interrupted the noise of this world with the quiet of his presence, that out of brokenness and chaos and hurt, out of mistakes and out of failure, God can bring something good and holy and sacred, that out of sin and death and the powers that rage in this world, God can bring redemption and salvation and life. That's the story of Christmas that out of failure, God brought not scotch guard or chocolate chip cookies or post-it notes, but out of failure, out of a complete mess, God brought salvation to the world and the promise of new life for all who grab on to him by faith. Billy Graham, the great preacher, once told a story about an airplane A brand new airplane, state-of-the-art airplane. Something special about this airplane is that it didn't have a crew. Everything was done by computer and by automation. And the passengers, they all boarded the plane for its first flight and they got to their seats and this automated voice came on the intercom system and said, welcome aboard, we are about to take off, so sit back and enjoy the flight. Nothing can go wrong, go wrong. Go wrong, go wrong, go wrong, go wrong. That's the story of our lives, the story of our world. God created this beautiful world and he set it into motion. He filled it with birds and fish and animals, with trees and with water, with sky and with air and he put humans there in the garden to work and to tend to and to care for this world but they didn't. Something went very wrong. Those first two humans, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. They did the one thing that he told them not to do and the one fruit that they weren't supposed to eat, they ate it and he sent them out of the garden. The damage was done. Sin and death had taken hold and taken root in this world. And if we track the stories of scripture that follow, we see the brokenness of that, the power of sin that permeates everything and permeates families, the hearts of people, and it makes living in this world pretty tough to do. But God, God in his faithfulness, does something surprising. He doesn't turn. He doesn't turn away from his sin-filled creation. He tends to it. He watches over it. And he sets in motion a plan for saving his people. He gives an answer to their sin. A savior will come to make things right. Again, Now there are lots of places in scripture that talk about God's plan for salvation and lots of times we read many of those in the time leading up to Christmas during Advent. We read one of them today. These words from Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we will call him Emmanuel. That's from the seventh chapter of Isaiah. 
Here's another from the ninth chapter of Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And here's another one, one of my favorites from the 11th chapter of Isaiah. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. Jesus was descended from the family of King David, as we heard in our gospel today, from the house and the line of David. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Last summer, I cut down a tree in my yard. And after a long winter, summer came. We never thought it would, but here it is, and we're grateful for that. That stump is still there in my yard. But growing out of that stump are lots of little trees, little shoots. It's a per persistent tree, I guess. I plan to take care of it eventually. The people of God in their failure, in our failure, in sin and death, were reduced to a stump, to nothing sawed off at the ground by sin and death, but God promised that out of that failure, he would bring life, redemption. That's the story of Christmas, that a shoot rose out of a dead stump and Jesus was born into the world on a night that probably wasn't very silent, but his life silences the powers of evil, the forces that work against God, the things in our lives that get so loud. He silences them in the quietness of his death, of his last breath on the cross and in the roar of a stone that was rolled away from the tomb where he was laid. That's the story of Christmas and it's not just for December, it's for May and for June and for July and for every month and for every moment, for every part of your life, for every month and every moment because you have stumps. You have stumps, you have dead places that need the life of Jesus in your life, the holy infant so tender and mild. You have darkness that needs the dawn of his redeeming grace because we've all eaten the fruit that Adam and Eve ate and we've all boarded that plane and realized that something has gone wrong, gone wrong, gone wrong. Life is full of stumps. The stumps that we make on our own in our ever-growing list of failures, like when we place our trust in ourselves and we've said, if I just pile up enough money, if I just get enough stuff, I'll be secure and I'll be comfortable. We've made our own list of priorities. Uh, 
we're at the top and God is somewhere at the bottom. We'll get to him when some space opens up on our calendar or when we need him. We've turned our back on the people who need us because we just don't have time for them. They'll figure it out on their own. We've chosen to listen to what the world says about what makes us worthy and it's the car in our driveway or the clothes in our closets or the vacations that we take or the titles that we hold. All of those things become stuck. They become dead places that never really give us life. And then there are sort of the sort of stumps that we make on our own, the trees that we had thought would last forever that fell in the storms of life and crumbled and decayed to nothing. It's that grief that shocks us, an accident that flips everything upside down. It's the realization that we have been making our way, walking through life on the wrong path, that so much of our life has been spent on things that don't really matter and it's right there when we are cut off from true life that God makes a promise, a Christmas promise, one that comes to us in a little child born in Bethlehem, a savior for you, for me. There's a young woman from Michigan named Anna who learned that promise, who realized that that promise was true. She looks back on her life now, and she sees how God grew a new life in her darkness at the very place where everything was cut off from life. She thinks about how, as a kid, she, she thought she didn't need God. She was fine just as she was. Life was good. When she got a little bit older into her teenage years, she rebelled against God because she didn't like his rules. And then later, as she became an older teenager, because of her rebellion, she thought that God could never love her. She found herself in a very empty place. 17 years old, she was in a near fatal accident. And in the wake of that, trying to recover, trying to figure out life, trying to find a way forward, she was looking for peace. And it wasn't Christmas, but Christmas found her, maybe in the very simplest version of the Christmas story ever told. She turned in her Bible, the, the only place that she remembered that she could go. She turned in her Bible to these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. She read those words over and over and over again. And there was peace there in knowing that God loved her, that God forgave her, and God promised to be with her all of the days of her life. And later she wrote these words. I have eternal, abundant life through Christ, the only one who can save and satisfy. The stumps, the stumps are everywhere for Anna and for you and for me. But the promise of God is that even from stumps, even from mistakes, even from failures, he can bring something new and good something beautiful and right, 
salvation out of disaster. That when the organ floods, God chooses still to be born into this world and in Jesus he draws us to himself and teaches us to sing in the darkness, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. So sleep, rest, and be renewed in heavenly peace. Amen. Father in heaven, we give you our thanks and our praise. For you are good and you are God. Your word tells us, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. A Savior has been born. Let us rejoice in that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.